I can't think of anything better than NCFCA competitive speech and debate to prepare someone to thrive in a college classroom. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, hello, everyone, and hello to you, Andrew. Good to be here for another podcast. Yes, and today we're Skyping in a guest. It's the first time we've Skyped in a guest. We've had a guest on occasion. Do you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Yes, my good friend, Teresa Hudson, president of the NCFCA, the National Christian Forensics and Communication Association, which is an organization that supports homeschool speech and debate all over the nation, and I have known Teresa for years. She is one of my favorite people to hang out with, and I'm actually quite sad that I don't have any children at the age where they can be competing in debate tournaments, and so I really have to contrive excuses to go and and see Teresa and go to a tournament, but we have had the great privilege of working together on this product we want to introduce to our listeners today. And so, Teresa, I'm so glad you could join us and tell us a little bit about how we came to do this project and the curriculum and who it's going to be for and how it's going to bless so many families. So, welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here chatting about my favorite things. You and I um, were talking about this just, I think, years ago. How do you best support families that want to get involved with speech with competitive speech and then by extension debate what materials are available and what could NCFCA as an organization do to support even more those families that want to get involved the coaches uh, the volunteer coaches a little bit of my history I I think I told you this but I uh, was living in California it was about the year 2001 if my memory is correct one of my older children was in high school and another family and us kind of best friend families also had a couple high school kids and we I don't know how we came across it but we came across this idea of homeschool speech and debate tournament and starting a club and joining a club and we looked for a club and the closest club was 90 miles one way and we thought oh that we just can't do that every week And so I guess we'll have to do it. So this other mom and myself, we just dove in and said, we're going to start a speech and debate club here in San Luis Obispo, California, (laughs) going where angels perhaps fear to tread, not aware of our ignorance yet. And it was a great adventure. We got Christy Scheip's book, uh, Introduction to Argumentation Debate. I had done Toastmasters myself uh, as a younger man. 
and of course was working in kind of as a professional seminar leader and public speaker. So I thought I knew something. So we just put our little tiny two and two together and and got our first club had four people, four teenagers. And we went to our first tournament. And I, I just remember thinking, oh, my There is such a gap between where we are and where some of those kids are. However, are we going to get there? But we did. And uh, I um, have always wished, uh, you know, kind of after the fact, that we had had some better materials to teach with because we were were really redesigning the wheel. And that was was back in the uh, pioneer days, it seems. I love the attitude of we'll just do it. I started about the same time with NCFCA that you did on the other side of the country. And the same thing basically happened. We were introduced to the concept of doing speech and debate training with our children. We got really excited, looked around. There was nobody in our area that was doing this, and we didn't hesitate. And we just said, well, okay, then we'll do it. And that's how we started. I think that's how most people started back in early 2000s. So I'm glad you did. You asked me how we decided to get here with the curriculum. NCFCA, as you know, has historically been an organization dedicated to running tournaments. That's what we did. We gave opportunity to practice the skills that are inherent in speech and debate by competing, by having an opportunity for the children to compete. Competition does a couple of things. As you know, it provides opportunity to sharpen skills, and it provides the motivation to learn those skills. So that was a good thing. We gave the students an opportunity to come together and practice what they had been working on in their clubs and in their homes, and that was great. It it fit our goal, our mission of NCFCA, which is to train Christian young people to think critically and articulate graciously and effectively so that they're prepared to address life issues from a biblical worldview in a manner that glorifies God. That worked for a while, but as time went on, we realized that in order to be able to hone the proper skills in competition, students and parents needed instruction in how to develop a presentation or develop a debate case. And that's when we began to turn our attention to providing great material, like you said, Andrew. So that's how we got where we are today with this curriculum. So where we are today, of course, is we are announcing the launch of NCFCA's speech curriculum, and we have three different resources. And we've been working on this with Teresa and her gang for the last several months in an attempt to get this ready for coaches that are meeting right now with their competitors preparing for the speech and debate season, which from what I understand, Teresa, starts in force in January. Correct. Right. So do you want to describe these three different resources that we now have available? Oh, I'd love to. The first most basic resource is the competitor's manual. It gives the competitor all the instruction that they need to walk through the three different types of speech categories that we have to prepare them, not necessarily just for competition, but for building great communication skills. The second component of our set is the coach's manual. It takes the all the information in the competitor's edition and then we add a lot of extras for the coach to be able to help them walk through their class or their club activities. So that gives a lot of extra pieces which I'm sure we can talk further about. And then the last element is the parent manual. The parent guide is 
a smaller book that basically gives an overview of what each competitor's lesson is for the week, how the parent can help the student prepare for class or for club, and walk them through those pieces without them having to learn everything that's in the larger curriculum. So oftentimes a coach would be a parent, but also oftentimes, perhaps just as often, the coach is maybe a previous speech competitor himself or herself. Right, right. And so when I'm thinking about the parent who is a coach, I'm just thinking, well, really, it's anyone. We're just all so busy. What I love about what we've been able to put together, what you've put together, really, Teresa, you and your team, is really so many tools for that busy coach just almost to open and go, show up to club and say, okay, today we're going to talk about, well, one of, it looks like 11 different types of speeches that are a part of this curriculum. Right. The coach manual has beautiful PowerPoint presentations that help them walk through the lessons with their students. There are games and activities laid out and guidance as they go through the material. There are fabulous worksheets that the students will be able to fill out that will help them figure out what their topic should be or how to approach their topic and then instructions for the coach about how to walk through that and how to help the students develop their pieces based off their material. We also have videos. This is a good time to talk about the videos. We've got some streaming video content for those coaches that might not be as familiar with how to uh, critique a speech or how to critique a, a round in debate. So that's that's a huge plus, I think, is, is the ability to uh, watch those streaming videos and watch somebody do what they'll be doing with their students. Yes, I think that audio, the video component is just priceless. I, I'm thinking back to when we got started and we're trying to imagine, you know, what what are we actually doing here? We didn't know anyone. We were just reading. It was before YouTube existed, if you can imagine that long ago. And so there was really nothing. And we came to that first tournament in Southern California. And I mean, it was just a collective jaw drop. Like, this is what we're looking at. This is what we're talking about. This is how these kids do speech and debate. It was really an eye-opener. And I think back to, oh, if we'd had some video that we could use with the kids and say, okay, this is the event. This is what it's going to be like. Here's an image of someone doing this really well. We say a picture is worth a thousand words. A video must be worth 10,000. And so I'm very happy that we were able to put this package together with the video links for the coaches and students and parents to really have kind of a firsthand experience of what they're shooting for. What I love about what you just described, Andrew, is I think of putting myself in the skin of a 13-year-old and just thinking, I'm going to show up and talk in front of people. Forget it. No way. (laughs) But to give them a better feel that they know what it looks like, that they know what it sounds like can take away some, perhaps not all, of the angst that they might be feeling. Yeah. We kept our club in California going. And about three years into that, I started to do a summer, what we call the speech boot camp, which is just two weeks. So a very short period of time, write a speech, deliver a speech, critique each other's speeches, do another narrative speech, do a persuasive speech. Okay, you're done. You've given three speeches. Now, do you want to continue and learn how to do this and prepare for competition? Then when we were leaving California in 2009, 
I'd been doing this for several years. Everybody says, well, who's going to do speech boot camp? I said, well, we'll make a video. And then you can use that. And that actually became a product that we've sold. And it's uh, kind of exciting to hear reports of just what you're saying, kids who were petrified at the idea of of doing public speaking, get into that speech boot camp and just, you know, three speeches later, hey, I, I want to do more of this. And of course, one of our problems has has been answer the question, what do we do? What do we do after this? Now what? Well, go to NCFCA. Well, what do they have? Competitions, tournaments, clubs. Okay, but now they've got a curriculum and it'll be such a great resource for all those families that have done speech have done speech boot camp. So that's exciting. Right. So and Teresa, you said earlier this curriculum although it's designed to help students experience success in the tournaments, it's not just for competition. Correct. It it is uniquely beneficial for NCFCA competitors because of the approach we've taken in the foundation of the material. Basically, we use the criteria on an NCFCA ballot as the markers for how to walk through the curriculum. For example, the students will take the ballot and learn how to choose content. The next session, we'll talk about how to organize and analyze their content, and then we'll move to vocal delivery, physical delivery, and effectively move toward overall effective communication. Uh, That's uniquely beneficial for NCFCA competitors because we're training, basically training to the ballot. But the reason that we use the ballot is because our focus is on learning how to communicate excellently in real life. You know, I was thinking competition does mirror real life. The ballots are written so that judges will have the criteria before them on how to judge the presentation or the speaker. But in real life, your judge is the listener, and they're going to judge your whether you're effective in your communication by the same basic criteria. They're just not going to think about it being written on a page. So while it's great for competitors, it's great for anybody that wants to be able to communicate more effectively. That is so true. And your statement that competition mirrors real life brought to mind a few circumstances where I see such cross-application, kids who get into speech and do it regularly and compete are so well prepared in so many ways for so many things they will hit. One example would be the timed, prompt-based writing test, uh, typical of the ACT test, where they say, Here's some information, have an opinion, articulate it with as much detail as well as you can. You have 40 minutes, ready, set, go. That is something that few people are prepared for unless they've done impromptu or apologetics or extemporaneous public speaking where they have that limited prep. You've got two minutes and you got to give a five-minute speech, ready, set, go. So that crossover into writing is so clear to me. And the kids who've done competitive speaking, they walk into those tests, they know exactly how to deal with it. Kids who haven't, they walk in cold, and it's it can hit them in the face. Another area, of course, would be the interps. How do you bring life to a presentation? And I think we all have been to conferences where a speaker <laughs> is, is doing little more than reading a paper, and it's just so painful to listen. It's so tedious. You just, oh, when is this going to be over? Whereas a good speaker will be animated and be able to put the stories and, and the content to life. It, one of uh, the headmaster of a classical school once said to me, 
that drama is the capstone of rhetoric. And I think about that. Who do you love to listen to? The people who really bring it to life. And what better training for that than the uh, interpretive speeches? Right. We try to get students that come in. Uh, some people are drawn to NCFCA because they want to debate. Some people are drawn to NCFCA because they just want to do the speeches. We try really hard to help students understand how to cross-apply those skills and how both of them are, are necessary to become well-rounded. The debaters really need to tackle some of the speech categories to do exactly what you described, Andrew, to get them a little bit out of their box and more comfortable really relating instead of just standing up and reading their debate case and rattling off their research. They need to know how to interact with their listener better so they benefit from doing those interpretive events or writing a platform speech. Speakers that know how to memorize a piece, but they don't know how to research effectively, how to think critically about what they're doing, they lack as well. So we try to, to really get those students to cross-apply those skills and, and become a better, more well-rounded communicator. If a student knows what is right, that's great. If they can think well and they can think critically, but they don't know how to effectively communicate what they know, then it's wasted. And so we try really hard to get those students prepared to be able to do both things, think well, and then articulate graciously. And when you look at what, what is needed in the real world, the workforce, you know, we have all this buzzword of schools trying to be college and career readiness. What does that mean? Well, honestly, I can't think of anything better than NCFCA competitive speech and debate to prepare someone to thrive in a college classroom where they have to perhaps defend a position in front of peers or, or to a professor, how to move into the real world, whether it's something involving sales or teaching or presentations externally or internally, the things you have enumerated, how to think, how to communicate, how to evaluate, those are the soft skills that the businesses and organizations that have to hire high school and college graduates, those are the things they really, really want. They can train people on technical skills, but those soft skills need to be developed as an aptitude in the earlier high school years. You know, I was thinking, Teresa, when you were saying some kids are drawn to speech, some kids are drawn to debate, I'm wondering if most of the students are actually drawn to hanging out with their friends. <laughs> I understand that the speech and debate community is quite a hoop. <laughs> I've never heard it described exactly like that. But yes, I would agree with you. It is incredible fun for the students. They are drawn to spending time with one another. They are drawn to the competition part. It's fun to win. It's fun to get in there and practice and practice and practice something that you feel competent with. It's fun to compare notes with students across the country. It's fun to dress up. I mean, most students are not going to at least at first, are not going to admit that they really like wearing professional attire. But when I've heard students say, I'm most comfortable in a suit after they finished competing, it's fun to do those things and it's fun to travel. And NCFC competition offers all of those not necessarily academic benefits. One way I will describe that to parents when I'm out at conventions and talking about the value of it, I'll say it, it is the ultimate youth group. You know, you, you have youth groups at church and you have various things, and often you feel like these kids are sinking down to the lowest common 
level, the lowest common denominator of vocabulary and intellect and attitude and dress. But at a speech and debate tournament, it's the opposite. Everyone is striving to emulate those who win, the articulate, intelligent, polite, prayerful, sharp. It's the ultimate social environment for a homeschool student, in my view. And of course, and maybe you've done something like this, Teresa, have you ever done a poll of NCFCA grads and said, of all the things you did in high school, what was the most valuable thing? Because if I've done an informal poll, it's 90-some, maybe 100% of kids say, yeah, by far, speech and debate was the best thing I did in high school to prepare me for what I'm doing now. Second to, of course, taking IW writing classes. Absolutely. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, of course. And, and, you know, actually speaking to that, Andrew, when I, when I hear the two of you talk about the value of speech and debate, I hear you say communicate and think. And of course, that's what we're here doing at IEW as well, which is why this is really a marriage made in heaven <laughs> to work with NCFCA and IEW together. Thank you. I definitely feel that way. I mentioned that the speech season starts in January. Can you describe what a calendar might look like for an NCFCA competitor? Sure. NCFCA qualifying speech season starts in January, as you mentioned, and goes through April. At the end of April is when each region, we have 10 regions across the country that compete within their region. At the end of April, they have a regional championship. So the students that have done well all season at the tournaments in their region can get to attend their regional championship. And then the students that that do quite well there get an invitation to the national championship. And that's in June this year. Uh, I think the week of the 10th, 11th, something. I don't have the date right in front of me, but it's on our website if you want to go look. And that will be this year at the University of Northwestern St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. Nice. Yeah. Also, uh, Teresa, last time we talked, you were telling me a bit about the one-day NCFCA, a new program, new opportunities for not quite a, a whole tournament type of commitment. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'd love to. I'm so excited about one-day NCFCA. NCFCA traditionally has meant that competitors will prepare all through the fall and then they'll go to tournaments in the spring. They'll continue to learn and continue to tweak and refine their speeches and their debate cases all through the spring. But a tournament experience is quite a commitment to some people. It's usually a three-day long event. We have a student could go, if they went to everything that was available to them in the spring, can go to seven or eight tournaments in the spring. So that, that takes quite a chunk. You don't have to, but you can. And students get really excited and they want to go to more and more things. But we realize that sometimes that's just not doable for a family to take that big of a chunk uh, and commit that big of a chunk of time and resources. So we don't want that to stop families from being able to invest in their students' education when it comes to communication skills. So we've developed a program called One Day NCFCA that does exactly that. We provide an opportunity outside of the serious competition that are just one day short events that anybody can have. If you have a classical conversations class that is doing speech, you could use our curriculum and you could have a one day in CFCA event where you use our ballots. We'll help you walk through how to hold the event and your students get an opportunity to dress up, present well, get feedback on the ballot, 
get a little bit of taste of what that competition feels like, but without a huge commitment that your families may not be ready to make. So that, that is available to clubs that are practicing for NCFCA competition in the spring. That option is available to homeschool co-ops that are just doing a speech class, classical conversations. Andrew, you could even decide that you just want to present an opportunity for the folks in your area to come and practice their communication skills, get feedback on some ballots, and have it at your home. It, it is totally up to you. It is an opportunity for folks to just get their feet wet without feeling like they have to commit more than the resources or time that they may have available. That's great. And I just, I found the link so easily. Your beautiful new website. I just went to ncfca.org, what we do, and just scroll right down. There's one day NCFCA and it comes up with information, participation, hosting resources. This is very easy to find, and I would encourage anyone who's even got the slightest little interest in doing something like this, just put your big toe in the water, go to ncfca.org, and check out this one-day thing. And while you're there, of course, there's other other things you can read about, the mission and history and, and impact and how to get involved in NCFCA. To me, I, I hate to sound like, I don't know, your biggest cheerleader in the world. Oh, that's okay. Honestly, you can sound like that. That's I, fine. I think that NCFCA is one of the most important things happening on the entire planet today because what you're doing is really what we so desperately need, and that is the cultivating Christian leadership. And today, of all days, we feel, uh, where are we going? Where's the country headed? And it's easy to get despair. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm naturally melancholic. And, you know, you read the news, you hear the dumb things that come out of people's mouths, and you just think, where are we headed as a nation? And, and I always tell people, if you're feeling a little lack of hope for the future, go to a homeschool speech and debate tournament go to an NCFCA tournament, even if to drive four or five hours to get there, and just sit there for a day and watch the students do their interps, watch them do their persuasives, watch them do extemporaneous. It's mind-blowing. And go watch Lincoln Douglas and, and go watch Policy Debate, and you see all these kids honing these skills and doing it in such a good and beautiful way for the glory of God, and you think this this gives me hope for the future. So I always say, if you need a little bit of hope for a future, get thee to a speech and debate <laughs> tournament. I would agree. My favorite place to hang out when I have time to hang out a little bit at an NCFCA tournament is right behind the ballot return table. That is where judges come and they turn in their ballots for debate. They've just seen, you know, two teams compete or for speech, a room of up to eight competitors performing for them. And I've seen grown men come with tears in their eyes saying, I had given up, but now I have hope. This is the best thing I have ever seen. And so that gives me that gives me hope. It gets me excited about what we're doing and our mission, which is to provide students with an opportunity to exercise those analytical and oratorical skills so that they can address real life issues. That's cultural issues from a biblical worldview. And then they can glorify God through their performance and their personal growth. I'm just so grateful that we at IEW have been able to support you with this new 
NCFCA Comprehensive Guide to Speech. It's a beautiful package, the competitor's handbook, the coach's manual, the parent's guide, the, the downloadable resources, and then of course the streaming video. There's really nothing this comprehensive out there. There's little booklets and people saying, here's something to help you do competitive speech. But this, I think, is just going to unlock for so many people the potential of getting involved and being feeling more successful sooner. So I just thank you, Teresa, for the privilege of supporting your organization and uh, your whole team in allowing us to be a part of the publishing of this. Well, thank you. So if you don't mind, I'd like to end with an invitation, Teresa. Does your speech tournaments, do you wind up with the champion, the top speech person? We do. We do. At the end of national competition, we have a national champion. So do you think we could invite your champion to a podcast in June? That would be fabulous. I would love to do that. That way we can show off a little bit, perhaps, what it's like to be a winsome and powerful communicator. Well, thank you for that opportunity. We'll look forward to that. Well, thank you for allowing us to partner with you in this journey. God bless you. Bless you. Thanks for the time. God bless you all. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. Mm-hmm.